Hey everyone, I'm your host, Nicole Neshi, and welcome to the Intuition Age, a podcast where we question everything we know to be true. I encourage you to use your intuition and inner knowing to formulate your own conclusions about the world before us. So on today's episode, we will be discussing a highly popularized and polarized concept, the idea of twin flames. This twin flame phenomenon is one that has been romanticized, glamorized, and even misconstrued. There is a lot of confusion and inconsistency when discussing twin flame, twin soul, karmic, and even soulmate connections, which probably stems from our very human very biological desire to attain love and affection. There isn't a definable explanation of what a twin flame is, what constitutes a twin relationship, or what is even entailed in this entanglement. But there is some truth to the evolution and ascension of those who have entered into an authentic twin union. Here to share her personal journey of ascension through the lens of her twin flame connection is the beautiful Catherine Willer. Catherine is a fellow podcaster, astrology and human design coach, and 23rd dimensional Akashic record reader. In this two-part series, we'll be deconstructing this magnetization between two souls and conceptualizing what it means to exist in union beyond the physical plane. So let's all expand our heart centers and welcome Catherine to the show. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Intuition Age. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing well. So I'm so excited to have you on talking about Twin Flames today. There is a lot of hype surrounding this topic recently. I hear so many people coming to me and asking questions just like, is that person my Twin Flame? Is he just a soulmate or she? And mm-hmm. I don't know, I really want us to investigate that and debunk like twin flame relationships and the ascension process and even just like differentiate between soulmates, soul connections, twin flames and all of that. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Why don't we just start by examining what a twin flame is? Because it's a word that's tossed around so freely now. So like, what exactly is it? Yeah, so twin flames, I like to call twin flames um soulmates on steroids. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because basically everyone in your life is a soulmate. And then you have romantic soulmates. Um, but twin flames, you know, they're a soulmate that comes into your life where a lot of people talk about it, like this whole karmic journey and all of this stuff. And I do think maybe in this older paradigm, that was the case. I think in this new paradigm, we're shifting into, um, relationships that are a little bit more harmonious and less uh, less driven by all of this this karma talk right um but basically twin flames you know the story goes that Zeus um split the humans and that they were I love this Greek mythology yes yes Um, Me too. And so, yeah, so the story goes that the mythology behind the twin flame is that originally, um, you know, humans were made up of a feminine and a masculine part and that Zeus split them in half. And that is why people um, are so interested in romantic love and all of this because they're searching for their quote unquote other half. Now, the funny thing about twin flames that we're going to get into, of course, is that it's not at all about this is my other half. Um, but really that, you know, you carry the same soul frequency. And so I always tell people to, when you meet your twin flame, you just know, Mm -hmm. like, like I I said in my own, um, podcast, when I talked about this, you know, you either have blue eyes or you have brown eyes and, and you can't really make your eyes look like anything else It either is, or it isn't. And it's the same thing with twin flames. And even when I'm communicating with clients who think they may be a twin or something, I'm like, there's no think you may be (laughs) like, like you're going to have all of these strange synchronicities and maybe spirit dreams and feelings around your twin that you literally don't feel around anyone else. There's no gray area. It just, it, it feels so different. And it also is one of those things where a lot of spiritual teachers just don't have a twin flame. That's not their journey. And um, 
because it's just one kind of way to awaken. And so when you don't have a twin flame, again, it's really hard to understand exactly what it is. And so they'll say things like, oh, they're just another soulmate or Mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And and I just always go, well, it's it's because you're not that you don't know how it feels. And um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. but (laughs) but, So those people, though, that don't have twin flames, do they like encompass this divine masculine and feminine feminine energy like perfectly like fully balanced like what's the reason why their twin doesn't exist so i i don't know if it's so much that the twin doesn't exist i think it's more so that cuz even with twin flames too it's not that one has the feminine masculine one has the feminine energy and one has the masculine energy we we all have divine feminine and divine masculine Mm -hmm. it's just that in twin flames your twin comes in to remind you of that side of you right they're that Mm -hmm. divine mirror for you and so when they come in to remind you of this they they reflect back to you your own divine masculine or your own divine feminine um so I wouldn't necessarily say that there's a differentiation in people who are twins or aren't twins and you know the way that I've been shown it too is it's possible that everyone's a twin. It's possible Mm -hmm. that it's only one phase of your soul journey in which you're a twin. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. I even had a past life regression where I was shown the actual mechanics of merging our souls together Mm -hmm. and then separating. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, okay, so I specifically went into my last past life regression with my um, regression therapist, Felicia Mason, shout out. (laughs) And um, she's worked with all my star sisters too. Um, And so she, um, she led me into this regression and I specifically said, I I want to know more about my twin flame experience. I want to know more about my connection to this person, the past lives that we had together, because, you know, he and I had already talked about that too years ago. Um, the past lives that we thought we had together that we felt connected to and all this stuff. So I wanted to see it. And of course, you know, I'm someone who exists within the 11th dimension (laughs) and channels into the 23rd dimension. So, um, so my whole life, Mm -hmm. I've just been completely aware of, of different timelines and stuff. I kind of can't turn it off. So I already was kind of tuned into it and had an idea, but I, I enjoy hypnosis because it's sort of like proof, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's not like my, my conscious awake mind is trying to control the narrative, but it's just whatever comes out. And so, um, with my regressionist, we went under and, it was basically shown to me in our Egypt, one of our Egyptian lives together um, after this really intense, you know, end to this Egyptian life. <laughs> Were you human <laughs> in that lifetime or no? Um, yes, I was actually an initiate of ISIS in that lifetime. Oh, wow. So by that point, it was already a pretty patriarchal society in Egypt. Um and then for those who know Egyptology, I mean, when it first started, it was very feminine. And then it mm-hmm. sort of went more masculine, more patriarchal as the time went on. And um, by that point, it was already pretty patriarchal. So I was an underground priestess of Isis. Um, so it was really cool because they showed that part to me first, um, or I was shown that part in my regression first. And then I was shown the moment with my twin flame, which for both of us was towards the end of that life. Um, and I was even told in my regression that the age that we died in that life is the age that we came together in this life um, for both of us. Oh, wow. So that was cool too. That's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah. then I'm wondering at the beginning of our soul's, I guess, incarnation in our first lifetimes, is mm-hmm. that when our twin flame is divided or I don't, I don't even know if that makes sense. Like, is that when our twin flame then starts existing like with us in that lifetime? Or like we, like you were saying, that Egyptian experience you had, is that when your twin flame journey began? Like, does it yeah. always happen in the first incarnation or could it happen like, you know, in this incarnation for us for the first time? Yeah, that's a great question. So I know that I've lived, this is, okay, this is a theory, let's say, because <laughs> 
there's no way to, to know for no, sure. You know, Catherine, you know, it's an inner knowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, I know. That people always say that. They're like, but I can tell. You just know. And I'm like, well, some things I do. And, but at the same time, it's fun for me to be like, well, you know. Theory, what if I yeah. Do? Exactly. Yes, yeah. Because, you know. Um, but yeah, okay. So this is how I was shown it, which I think will make a little bit more sense. So I remember past lives from like Atlantis, mm-hmm. right? Which chronologically came before ancient Egypt. So And I remember him in past lives from Atlantis. Now, whether we were twin flames at that point, I'm not quite sure, to be quite honest. Um, But I know that we were together, for sure. Um, So in this Egyptian life, what it showed to me as as soon as I died, so he died before me. And then as soon as I died, what happened is in, in regressions, you see your body, you see your light body come out of your physical body. Right. And so I went through that whole experience and then up in the, um, the star realm or the realm in which you, you learn your lessons, um, as it was shown to me, um, they basically showed that us merging together and then separating apart. So they actually, so we were holding hands and then they merged our two bodies, our two spirits, because we were in sort of these white glowing orbs and then they merged the two together and then they separated us apart. So that's when you became like, that was the actual merging of you two becoming twin flames. Okay. Yeah. That's what they told me. So that's what they told me. They said, you've been together before and you'll be together again and you'll continue to come together. And those were their exact words. Mm -hmm. So whether, I mean, I didn't get to see my Atlantean lifetime yet in a regression. That's the next time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm going to specifically request that because I've remembered it since I was, you know, five years old. And um, yeah, so I know, you know, specifically in that lifetime, that's how that happened. Mm -hmm. So whether that happens every single life I haven't been shown yet, or it just happened that one time. And that's when we officially started our journey as twins. Um, But it was, it was shown to me that literally, yes, like you are the exact same soul frequency. That's how you recognize each other. I like to call twin flames compliments versus, yeah, because some people say, oh, they're so contrasting and it's, you know, it's like opposites. It's not opposite. I feel like that's the ideology all. behind it. Like, even though they mirror everything that's already like encompassed within you, it's yeah. still like a mirrored reflection. So again, like this notion of it being like the opposite, like of them being like your shadow self almost. It's like, that's, that's kind of just, yeah. The, I, yeah. And that's the funny. That's such a misconception. Yeah. It's such a misconception. And it's, I think it's actually a very dangerous misconception mm-hmm. because it, that's where you find just like people entering toxic relationships relationships, assuming these people are their twin flames but in reality like they're not even soulmates like they're not even soul connections like yeah and I see it all the time too on you know I used to watch like videos and stuff with twin flames I only pay attention to one person now and that person is Cassidy Kane she's the only person I know who talks about twin flames who actually gets it right (laughs) Because um, there's so much false information exactly. about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot because people, you know, I think it's just tainted by mm-hmm. our media and what we consume and, and, you know, the kind of love stories that we're fed and stuff, which I just want to be really clear. Like there's so much to talk about when it comes to twin flame. But when you ask me the first question, what constitutes a twin flame or, or what is this relationship? I was like, well, it's not this and it's not that. So, so what it is, is it's this mirroring connection. It's this same soul frequency. And it's literally like when you see this person, you see yourself reflected back. Mm-hmm. Like when I look into my twin flames eyes, yes, I see them, but also I see me in a way. And if I am in a shadowy place, then that's what I'm going to see reflected back. Yeah, it just becomes so, amplified, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So if I'm in a really good place, which my twin and I have basically been in a great place our entire, we're in a platonic relationship and a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friendship. So grateful for them. Um, just as a friend, like not even just my twin flame, but just a wonderful person to have in my life. Um, but, you know, our entire time together, like... I think maybe because we weren't dating and that part never happened, you know, where that usually happens with a lot of twin flames. And so that baggage, that, that, 
quote unquote karma. Mm-hmm. I don't really like, like I said, it's very old paradigm, this idea of karma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're really moving beyond that because we're realizing that we don't need to suffer in order to evolve. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I digress. but yeah, but, but we've always been in a relationship where it's, it's been really, like I said, it's just, it's very complimentary. And I see this mm-hmm. with my clients who are twin flames as well, like true twin flames, where it's just, it's really complimentary. It's not, it's only scary if they're scared of the power of their connection. Mm-hmm. It's not that one of them is abusive or any of this. Because I hear stories like all over the internet that's like, in my past life, my twin flame killed me or like stuff like that. I'm like, why are you presenting these toxic like notions in regards to like what a twin flame is? Or just like, again, like abuse is amplified, like stuff like that. And like, that's not a real twin flame connection then. Exactly. And, and it's very possible that in a past life, you know, your twin flame did kill you. Like, yeah, in who my knows past who life, we were in past I accidentally lives, yeah. killed my twin flame. No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, It was this, this poison that the priestesses knew of to sedate men. And um, I accidentally gave him too much <laughs> in that life <laughs> was what I saw in my regression. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think but the most important part is this life, right? Mm-hmm. And so in this life, if that's an abusive relationship, whether that's your twin flame or not, like that's an abusive relationship. You should not be in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship. But I think the rhetoric that's really dangerous is that it's supposed to be abusive, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really that we're getting away from that. And, you know, we have romantic soulmates, like for those listening who are twin flames, you know, there are romantic soulmates. I have clients who, um, whose twin flame has passed or they just can't be with their twin flame romantically. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, a romantic soulmate who they love spending their life with. Because at the end of the day, twin flame is not a romantic connection. And that's what people don't understand because they like to romanticize mm-hmm. it. Because when you think about it, it's like, oh, it sounds so nice. You find your compliment, your mirror, your energetic frequency, and, and it is. And a lot of people make beautiful romantic relationships out of their twin flame bond, but not everyone. Because at the end of the day, it's a process for awakening. It's just one avenue, one path for awakening. And that's why it's like you either are or you aren't. And it's not, I don't really encourage people to go out looking for a twin flame because one, I don't think we reincarnate with them all the time. Two, it's still not clear to me whether everybody is or everyone isn't. And three, yes, it's a very sacred relationship, but there's a lot of sacred relationships. And even twin flames can be in other sacred relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not an either or type of thing or something to strive to want to be. You just, you just are, you aren't. Yeah. So let's talk about then how twin flames got incarnated. So like you just said, you just briefly mentioned that we don't necessarily get incarnated with our twin flames in every single lifetime. So how do you know in this lifetime you're going to have that union again? And then also (laughs) an additional question, (laughs) Um, in each lifetime too, are you going to be like, is it like a process for ascending? Is the process the same? Is the union the same? Or is it different in each lifetime? I think it strengthens as you remember. Mm -hmm. So each lifetime, it becomes stronger because you're working through whatever your own personal stuff is. And they're, they're a tool to help you do that, right? They're a tool to help you find your own mission, to find your own purpose, um, both ways, right? Each, each of the pair is doing that. And so, yeah, I don't think you reincarnate every single time because I've seen past lives where I didn't know my twin. Like I had one past life where I passed away at five years old And nowhere in that life was it shown to me that I ever met my twin. Um, You know, maybe later on in that life I would have, or maybe we just were not there at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I have one client and really close friend whose twin passed away when they were 19. He committed suicide and took his own life. And so very clearly, you know, he was here at the beginning of this life and now he's He's not in this life and she hasn't met anyone who has his same soul and has his same spirit yet. What do you do in that regard though, if your twin flame isn't here or they passed away early and you just can't, you know, exist in that union in this lifetime with them? Like, what do you do individually then? 
Yeah. Well, something I want to talk about is union because this is a big topic in Twin Flame um, society. Yeah, what is a union? <laughs> and like Twin Flame rhetoric. Yeah. So union. Okay. So union is the literal union of your two souls, right? So it's when you finally are able to accept and acknowledge, okay, this person is my twin. And also I'm going to use this relationship in a really positive way, in a way to grow my mission. Because every twin flame couple, that's the reason they come together is because they have this divine mission. We are here to help serve humanity. And so I always, the very first mindset shift, I'm like, what are words? (laughs) The very first mindset shift that I give my clients is you're always in union because one, time is not linear. Mm -hmm. Two, we're existing in multiple dimensions, multiple timelines. It's a multiverse, right? Mm -hmm. So you're always in union. It's literally just from this three-dimensional perspective that you have here, this very singular, small perspective that you think that you're not in union. So whether your twin has passed on or you feel like maybe they're just not born yet, but you can feel it coming or you feel like they're going to enter into your actual physical reality, it doesn't really matter. Like you are together no matter what. It just may not be that you're together in this timeline from your three-dimensional perspective. Mm. So you're always in union. Now, can you be in, you know, physical three-dimensional, I can see it right here and right now union. Absolutely. But that only comes when you acknowledge that you're in union all mm-hmm. the time already. There's no striving to get into union. You just are, or you aren't. And so same thing. I woke up one, one morning back in December, 2018. And I literally woke up with the message, um, union is here. And it makes perfect sense because I had finally accepted that we are always in union and it doesn't matter if I wasn't talking to them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like I still, we still have that connection. And so, and, and technically you're connected to everyone in the universe too, right? So it's just that this, Mm -hmm. this connection again is, is for your awakening process. That's why it feels like a soulmate on steroids because it really is this divine partnership and that can look like anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, I think it's really limiting when in the twin flame community, people talk about like, Oh, we are, or we aren't in union because you always are. Okay. So (laughs) that was such a good explanation about what the union is and just like the interconnectedness of us with our twin flames, but also us with literally every single thing in the multiverse. Yeah. So let's just like examine though the separation process too. So say you do mm-hmm. get in contact with your twin flame in this like projected physical reality right now. Yeah. What happens then if it just like doesn't necessarily work out or you t- to to separate for some reason? What do you do in that regard? Should you still be like trying to attain this union or do you just like let that separation exist in hopes that like you may be reunited again in this lifetime or future lifetimes? Like what do you do? <laughs> Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think that that's the topic that's on everyone's minds too, right? It's like, because most people, when they do meet their twin flame, it is romantic because it's, because it's like that, that kind of energy, it it is that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Like that is what the twin flames are all here to teach. That's why I connect with them so strongly because I hold so much heart chakra energy. And that's, that's the main chakra that I work with too, right? And especially because we're literally ascending into the fifth dimensional timeline mm-hmm. too. That's very heart chakra focused. So it makes sense that this is something that is really coming up for people because at the end of the day, the mission for the twin flames right now is to teach that unconditional love. So again, we're never in separation, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it's just from our physical three dimensional thing because Anyone who's in a real twin flame relationship will tell you that they have dreams about them. They can mm-hmm. feel them. They all of a sudden see their name everywhere or they, or a friend mentions them or something, right? So it's like, you're never really in separation. Mm-hmm. And again, the way you come back into physical 
um, non-separation, we'll call it, instead of union, but physical being in the same place at the same time together or talking together is through understanding that, right? Through understanding that you're never actually in separation. And also, you know, I do think that separation gets a bad rep when actually for most folks that I know, separation is the most... um, it's just so expansive. Like that's when it's all the so growth. Expansive. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the most, most, I find that for most people, that's when the most growth happens mm-hmm. because that's when you really understand that this person came into your life, this twin flame came into your life so that you can remember who you are and so that you can remember your mission and so that you can work through anything that's holding you back from doing that. You know, um, like I even started my business that I have now because of my twin flame. And I told them that too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which they really liked. Um, Was this when you two were in separation? This was, so we haven't talked for years Mm -hmm. except over the phone. Um, We're long distance from each other. And um, like I said, it's always just been platonic. Like we've always just Mm -hmm. been really good friends. Um, But we spoke last in September. Um, and so I guess from your three-dimensional physical viewpoint, that was the last time, like we weren't in mm-hmm. separation, you know? Um, but yeah. And but from the multi-dimensional, like a- you two are obviously right. existing oh, in absolutely. union. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I have dreams all the time, like all the time. <laughs> like, are they dreams like- or are they astral produ- projection? I can't even speak either. Are they astral projections? Honestly, <laughs> I think that all dreams are astral projections. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what the dreaming space is. I think you go into higher dimensional frequency every single time that you're asleep Mm -hmm. because it turns off your like monkey brain, you know, and then you're able to access that higher frequency. Um, But yeah, and there's definitely a difference too. I mean, I have dreams with them that feel like all my other dreams and they're very um, symbolism driven and all this stuff. And then I have what are, what I call my spirit dreams. And this is another like litmus test. If someone is wondering, is this relationship twin flame or not? Like, do I want to put that label on it? Do I want to identify as this? One of the things that I say is a lot of twin flames have what I call spirit dreams, where it feels like this bright white heavenly light. And it's, it's literally just like the energy of unconditional love. And I've had so, so many of those. Um, and they're really sacred every single time I have them. They're very different and distinct from all my other dreams. Even though I, I mean, I dream like in Spielberg movies, I have these epic, epic, epic dreams and they show up. (laughs) Yeah. And they show up sometimes in those dreams, Mm -hmm. but then I have these spirit dreams and that's on a whole other level. Um, and so again, I think it's just dimensional frequency and I think it's all astral traveling, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But yeah, I mean, and it's just, it's beautiful. It really is. Like, I really appreciate them. They always fill me up with a lot of love. It always feels like, okay, great. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm accomplishing my mission and getting out my message. And you are too. And and that's great. We're doing that. Even though it's quote unquote in this three-dimensional separation, we're each doing it individually right now. Like we're not working together as a pair um, on the physical plane, but I know that in a higher dimensional perspective, we absolutely are Uh because yeah, our missions completely line up with one another and are all about, you know, giving a voice to others and Mm -hmm. um, helping in our communities, giving people um, a platform to speak and to, um, love themselves again and feel worthy in themselves again. And so it's really cool. Like we're each doing it in our own way. Like he's doing it in a very divine masculine way and I'm doing it in a very divine feminine way. But we each, I think we each have a nice balance at mm-hmm. this point of those two energies, just from our own personal experiences in the quote unquote separation. Um, but yeah, I think we grow so much in that time and that Every single stage of the twin flame journey is so beautiful. I had a client who is in her 70s and she has a twin flame who she's never romantically been with, but they have been friends their whole life. And he's been married to someone else. She's been married to someone else. 
And it was really sweet because she was like, next lifetime, like next lifetime, we'll get to actually Aww. really be together, you know? And, and that, that's just that so really, pure. It was so pure because that's what it is, is it's that belief. Again, like we're connected mm-hmm. to everyone. So I don't want to frame it in this like romantic way, but a lot of twins do feel those romantic feelings for their twin, because when you feel that unconditional love, mm-hmm. how could you not? Right. And so if you're in that place, you know, it's like our, our souls are so much more expansive than we realize. Like, this is just the one life. <laughs> this is like one little tiny little blip <laughs> on the whole, the whole screen. Yeah. And so when you're able to take a step back from it and instead of like being triggered by your twin in this three-dimensional perspective or feeling this separation in this three-dimensional perspective, take it to the higher dimensional perspectives and take a bird's eye view and go, okay, well, what really matters then Mm -hmm. in this space and time for me personally, right? Because when you focus on yourself, that's when you're focusing on the, um, the pair and on the actual twin flame journey, because you yourself are so important to mm-hmm. that journey that you have to find your authenticity, your worth, and your own direction mm-hmm. before you can ever imagine what that looks like with a partner, whether it's a twin flame yeah. or a sacred soulmate. Does it ever exist where one of the twin flames starts ascending and like they focus on themselves, but the other one like remains stuck? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, that's where you have to have that healthy detachment Mm -hmm. of I'm going to focus on my journey. I mean, and again, it's the same with anyone that you're around is when you're focused on your own evolution, when you're focused on yourself and your own, you know, vibration and all that good stuff. That's when everyone around you starts Mm -hmm. to change. Not when you're trying to grasp and get them to do what you want them to do. Right. But when you're actually just focused on yourself vibrationally, you attract everything around you. So it's like people can't help but be influenced by it, Mm -hmm. but you have to change that within yourself first. And so I see this all the time too. (laughs) I just want to say like that happens all the time where people are so focused on like, well, when are they calling me back or what Mm -hmm. are they doing? And I'm like, well, what are you doing? (laughs) You're spending all your time thinking about when are they going to call you? Yeah. I'm like, you're totally giving over all of your power when like what this is really about is awakening you and if you're awakened like let's work on the ascension you know and I always want to frame it too as a re-ascension like we've done this before you know what I mean like our soul goes through this over and Mm -hmm. over again and so it's it's we're all doing it in our divine timing and you can't rush them and they can't rush you and so when you just focus on okay what can I do for myself Right. And sometimes that is that, you know, say they're in a really bad place and you're like, I want to have kids. I want to have a family. Mm -hmm. Then maybe that's opening up to, well, then I can have that with a sacred soulmate, right. A romantic soulmate Um, versus like waiting around for them or, or giving over your power. um, You know, just giving over your life waiting for them is not healthy. What do you do then in a situation where say, you know, that someone is your twin flame, like you feel that divine connection with them, but they're unaware. Like again, say they're going through trauma right now. They're living in a very like three-dimensional realm. And of course you two are connected through like the multiverse and multi-dimensions, but in this realm, like, should you intervene if you see your like twin flow flow? If you see your (laughs) twin flame, just like struggling or like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to vary person by person. So you want to make sure that you're operating from the soul self and not operating from the ego in anything that you do, like in any kind of communication with them or anything like that. Like I actually recently told my twin flame that we're twin flames, funnily enough. And I didn't want to, like my (laughs) ego self was like, nope, no, I don't want to reach out. I don't want to do it. Like like you can't make me and um all of my guides and my spirit self and my soul self were like yeah this is it's time they need to know yeah and this is this is for both of your benefits and sure enough as soon as I did it I felt this incredible weight lifted Mm -hmm. off of me like oh my god I'm no longer keeping this the secret, you know, from them of of what this relationship and do they feel that connection too? Um, yes, they have, but they haven't responded yet to my, <laughs> to my message. 
learned about being twin flame, but we've, we've basically, we've said it without using those words. Um, but we've, ex- yeah, we've, we've communicated all of this, you know, just without using those words. Cause it could yeah. be fearful too, just like acknowledging the fact that another soul has been with you for so many lifetimes, like they're a carbon mm-hmm. footprint of yourself. Like that's scary. Like sometimes you don't want to make that acknowledgement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. And, and like I said, that's why it has to come from the soul Mm. self and it has to happen in divine timing because if you try to rush it, if your ego is like, pay attention to me or, you know, just anything like that, it's just not going to work. It's just, it, and, and, and I think always surrendering to the process, right. It's like, my client who's 70 and just said next lifetime, you know, this lifetime was great. I had a wonderful daughter. I had a wonderful husband. Yeah. I didn't get to be with my twin flame romantically. Like we wanted Mm. to be, but next lifetime. Right. Or even, you know, things can shift and things can change so quickly, especially in this accelerated timeline Mm. that we're in. I mean, things are changing day by day. And so I told her that I said, you know, his wife could decide to divorce him tomorrow and you're, you're single now and that could happen, right? It's like, never say never, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but when you're just open to, you know, I'm just going to follow day to day what my soul self, what my spirit guides are giving me as direction and what feels good to me, mm-hmm. what authentically feels good to me in this moment, not five years from now, not 10 years from now, but my alignment in this moment. And mm-hmm. I think if you follow that day by day, like it's all going to work out. You don't even really need to stress and get into the semantics of this life or next life. Cause like I said, it all, it all just blends together mm-hmm. anyways. Can we talk about the actual process of like meeting and interacting with your twin flame in like this three-dimensional yes. projected reality? <laughs> so yeah, like that instant, like, yeah, topic. like magnetic connection. And then yes. like, how does the process usually evolve? Like, how does it unfold? Yeah. So, okay. Just like generically, like obviously each twin flame journey is different. So let's just talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. So generally. let me talk about something that for all of my clients across the board, they feel this, um, or, or I would say most of my clients across the board feel this is that when they meet their twin flame, it's not like a love at first sight sort of thing. Mm. It's sort of like a bitch slap to the face <laughs> from the universe. <laughs> that is sort of like wake up (laughs) and um and I just want to say that because you know I've been in love like I've been in romantic love before I met my twin flame and everything and it just it was such a different feeling like it's a really it's a very conscious connection Mm -hmm. like that's the difference is it's just this very conscious connection that is for the reason of your awakening and so when you meet them, a lot of people experience this heart chakra expansion. I certainly did. Um, the very first time that I met them, we were across the room for each other and it was like just for a split second. And it was basically like, hi, 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 hi. Okay. Bye. (laughs) And then I didn't see them for months. And that's when I had my dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And I guess that is what you could call our our first separation after being our souls being aware of each other. But did you initially, even in that short interaction, feel like just like a magnetic connection to them? Yes. Like even if it was like kind of like feeling anxious or like, what the heck is this, you know? Yeah. So this is what happened. So our, like I said, we were across the room for each other, Mm -hmm. from each other. So I couldn't look into their eyes. Like I just saw them. So this is what happened. (laughs) um, In that moment, I knew two things. And one of those is very personal and I can't share. But the other one was that this person is going to change my life. And it was in a way that I had never experienced before. And um, I, again, like I just, I wasn't, I was so depressed and I was so anxious back then that I just was not even on a frequency to be able to understand what all of that meant. And um, up until that point, I, because I am psychic. And so I had a vision that my school was going to have a shooting and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And I predicted it. Yeah. So I was sort of in a place where I thought, Oh, if I feel that feeling, it means Mm -hmm. something bad. Right. Like I was in a really negative space like that, but I just remember feeling lighter after meeting them. 
And, and like um, hopeful just, too. And hopeful. Yeah. And I was moving to this new city mm-hmm. and I was, I was leaving that city. And I just remember feeling like so drawn to that city for some reason. I mean, there was no logical explanation mm-hmm. whatsoever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatsoever for me to go to this city. It was completely just me feeling completely drawn to it. And and that was the city in which they they live and they grew up in and, and all of this. And so And did you know that before you felt drawn to it or no? Oh no, 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 no. I did not oh, wow. know of this person. So, so divine. No. Uh, yeah, that's so divine. No. You know, I had had dreams. I had had I'd had dreams and I had feelings since I was a little girl that I had a soul counterpart. Like I was well aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I had, I'd never heard of twin flame or anything like that. I didn't even know about the term twin flame until we were in our, our, you know, mm-hmm. separation or whatever. And like for our, for our longer separation where we weren't talking at all. And um, yeah, it's so funny because looking back on it, you know, ever since I was little, I remember, I remember having a lemonade stand and I remember singing Macy's Gray, Macy Gray's I Try, you know, like, I try, I try to say yeah. goodbye and not joke. Yeah. And I remember singing this song. I was like seven years old having a lemonade stand. And I was singing this song as if I really knew what it was, mm-hmm. you know, like I really knew what that feeling was. And it was, and I remember thinking in that moment, I have a divine soul counterpart and even when people would ask me about getting married or Prince Charming or whatever, I would always say, I have an equal counterpart. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, like I would say like, there's someone out there who's my equal. And, and it's so funny looking back on it. And then with my first serious boyfriend, you know, he and I were talking about, we're going to get married. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And something inside of me just kept telling me, no, 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 that's not right. That's not right. And I would have these visions as we were talking about it of the back of this person's head, which looks identical to my twist plane. <laughs> And so again, and I had no idea about my twin, like I didn't meet them until later in life. And so, but I would have these visions and it's this very specific place, which sure enough is in their hometown. Um, yeah. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I'll tell you more about that when we have our personal debrief. Um, <laughs> so I don't share too many intimate details, but yeah, it's, it's a place that's in their hometown. And again, I didn't know until I'd like already left that city too, which is hilarious that that's what it was. Um, but I'd had those, those visions when I was 17 and then I started having dreams when I was 16, mm-hmm. um, of a statue and that relates to them. Um, and I now understand that connection now, but, and they were my first spirit dreams and it was cherry. I remember so clearly it was cherry blossoms mm-hmm. and this statue that relates to them. And, um, this feeling of like, you've got to help the statue, like you're here to help the statue. And it was, it was so strange. I mean, I remember waking up from them feeling like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to like debrief it. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, so I had no idea about twin flame when I met them. I didn't even know about them. Like see, but then do all those like symbols and dreams all come together when you actually meet them for the first time, you're like, wow, like that's what the back of the head meant. Like that's what the statue meant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, and granted this, so this very first meeting, we were far away from each other. The second meeting six months later, when I had gone through my dark night of the soul. Like, again, I'm super grateful because I went through all of this so quickly Mm -hmm. because for me personally, my soul knew we got to get through this fast because by 2020, we need to be in a place where we're speaking openly and talking. When did you go through your dark night of the soul? Mine was like a 2016. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a horrible year. (laughs) Yeah. I was graduating college and um, it was bad. I mean, Mm -hmm. I almost took my life. And it was literally, if I had not seen that play out in front of me right before I did it, I, I would have, um, but something inside of me was telling me, no, you're here to tell this story. You're here to live this, not just, you know, do this right now and end it. So, um, you know, when I'm looking back on that experience, it's really crazy because as I was leaving this new city, like I literally met them right before I got on the 
on the plane too to leave and I just remember thinking oh this new city has such good energy like I love it I can't wait to live here I just really just has such good energy and I kept telling people that it has such good energy were my exact words and I couldn't pinpoint why Mm -hmm. I just knew that I would do my healing there because I was just I was so depressed I was so anxious I was so just busy all the time and didn't have time to really focus on myself Mm -hmm. and so and then in the next six months I went through my dark night of the soul and by the time I was moving to this new city I'd been through the worst of it. And then I was just super anxious and Mm -hmm. um, fearful and agoraphobic even um, in this new city. But I met them and it's so funny because I met them on 8-8. What? Lionsgate? (laughs) So we literally, yeah. So we literally like met for real on Lionsgate. And um, Oh, the intensity (laughs) there. Like the energy intensity must have been like insane. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. And so we literally met on 8-8 and um, this time we were close mm-hmm. enough that I could actually look into their eyes. And that was when I felt my heart chakra expand. And it was kind of scary even because it literally felt as if something inside mm-hmm. of my body, like, it's like pulling, you know, yeah. Just pulling. Yeah. And it, again, it wasn't love at first sight. Like it was literally like, you know, if you, um, if you're doing yoga and you do one of those heart chakra yeah. poses and you can, you can actually feel your body expanding. That's what it felt those, like so yeah. instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Like my sternum just ripped mm-hmm. wide open and, and in their eyes, I saw everything, like mm-hmm. everything. And now I know too, that they've felt exactly the same way mm-hmm. since we met too, which for the longest time, I thought it was just me. Um, and, you know, I was trying to write it off and think, well, it's just, it's nothing. I don't need to mm-hmm. to think too much about that. And then I found out, yeah, sure enough, same experience on their end. Um, but yeah, so, so in that moment, that was the moment where I could actually look into their eyes and it was like, boom, yeah. like, it, like it was like a gong went it's off. like all the answers. Body. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, not including the podcast, but I do need to end this soon just because we're sure. closing the office and I don't have my key. <laughs> oh, no. So, but like, I definitely want to meet at some point in us like talking about like our journeys and our ascension process because I, I yeah. love doing that with my participants, but like we don't have time today. So I'll definitely message you on yeah. Instagram after. But okay, back to podcast. I just want to end okay. off with like one last yes. question. Okay. Okay. So Catherine, just to end off, can you offer any advice to anyone who's currently embarking on their twin flame journey in this physical realm, who's on the journey in separation, who may not have a twin flame right now, any advice or guidance? Yes, absolutely. That would be to see it as a positive experience. This is a growth oriented vehicle that your soul literally put into your life for a purpose. So I find the more I try to run away, quote unquote, like the more I I think less of them or I think bad things about them or whatever, the more I get the spirit dreams that are like, nope, (laughs) unconditional love, right? And surrender and trust. And so um, I would say, you know, just to see it as this beautiful, I mean, it is, it's a really sacred experience. And so if you find yourself in this, if you find yourself in the place that I was, you know, Googling, like, what is this feeling that I feel with my friend? And what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Just to see it as, you know, it's, it's for your own individual journey. So Mm -hmm. focus on the individual journey and the rest will play out, right? Exactly the way it's meant to be like, and again, trusting in all of that, like maybe you're just not meant to be romantically united Mm -hmm. this lifetime because maybe you're meant to help your romantic soulmate through life too, right? And they're here to help you grow. So it's just really surrendering to the process of what this whole journey Mm -hmm. is and the mystery and the magic behind it, but also understanding and holding space for this is a really sacred Mm -hmm. journey. And if you have been tapped, (laughs) if you have (laughs) volunteered for this, right? Then um, basically like you're here for a mission, you're here for a purpose. And so the sooner you can tap into what is my mission, what is my purpose on an individual level, right? How do I guide? How do I lead humanity? How do I help heal? How do I teach unconditional love? Then that's when everything is going to feel good because that's literally the reason all of this happened. It's not 
necessarily for the romantic love story of the century, although for some people that can happen and that's the cherry on top, that's a bonus. But it's interesting in what did my soul want for me, not in what did my soul want for Susie Q down the street, right? So trusting in your own individual process. And like trust your inner knowing again, like we often go to like external sources of information to try to like comprehend what's happening internally, but it's like, we know, like our souls know us best. So just really try to like decipher what messages you're personally getting and like what those symbols mean to you, not what they mean to other people. And again, just like embark on the journey and like really enjoy it. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like we put so much thought into it when we should just be like being in the journey well, it's just like existing and it's enjoying in it, it. Yeah. yeah it's enjoying it and it's seeing what is this lesson teaching me mm-hmm. right like like why did this person come into my life what are they showing me what are they helping me with because often like it's not even that they will specifically do something but like something in the relationship might trigger one of those core wounds or one of those core fears And then that's when people start to think, oh, it's this karmic thing because they think it's a negative thing, but it's actually a really positive thing. Mm -hmm. It's showing you where can you grow and where can you grow more into your own authenticity, your own worth, your own deservingness, right? And then let them do that for themselves too, Mm -hmm. right? And I think giving them that agency is huge too for those who know they're in this journey is give your twin twin flame space right? Like let them work it out in their own time. Don't try to push and prod them unless it's, you know, as it was for me recently, your spirit guide literally saying, okay, it's time to share this, right? That's such great advice. Thank you so much for sharing your personal sacred journey with us and just sharing all this great advice as well. I'm really happy we could kind of like debunk some like the twin flame myths that are going around right now and really like dive deep into like the accuracy of it and like the individuality of it. So Catherine, it was so amazing having you on the intuition age. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I wanted to say too, that I did a whole episode on my own journey on my podcast. So if someone really wants to like dive into the details, yeah, we'll be linking there. everything yeah, in the show notes. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, <laughs> since we didn't have a chance to cover all of that, but I did an hour long episode, just of a solo episode where I talk about all the signs and synchronicities and um, even how to tell if someone is your twin flame. If you are feeling that you can literally just ask for a very specific sign from the universe and, and be shown. So if anyone is in that space where they're like, we're including it. it, Yes. We'll include all the links for sure. I think this was a good introduction into what twin flames are and like the journey and ascension process. And then of course, I feel like people, especially on that journey, they want to dive deeper they want to know actually like contacting your twin flame and like what that relationship looks like. So definitely going to include all your links and they could definitely all your resources as well. Beautiful. And thank you so much for giving me the space and having this talk and having your podcast that talks about all these beautiful, wonderful things. I think it's so important for people to hear it. Thank you. I'm just really about amplifying all your soulful and like evolutionary voices too. I love how we could all share like our inner and deep wisdom with the rest of the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you feel enlightened and inspired by the intuition age, I would be eternally grateful if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This platform truly allows me to act as a catalyst for expanding and elevating human consciousness, both individually and collectively. All shares, downloads, and subscribes help me distribute these divine topics to even more conscious souls. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you at the next episode.